only way you're ever gonna learn You look back and it's all in the past I'm dwelling on the thoughts I cannot say to you If I don't say the words then maybe it's not true Good evening, welcome along to NUFC Matters. It is Friday, the three amigos. Uh, the perfect way to kickstart your weekend with Mitch, with uh, Keith, with George and with Steve. And some contributions as always from Burra Mag and from Andre and from Paul. <coughs> uh, look forward to them later as we look ahead to the Manchester United game which takes place on Sunday. And uh, breaking news, Tom straight in that uh, Newcastle have already announced the pre-season friendly, the first one in next season. Tuesday the 18th of July, kick-off 745 Rangers away. That'll get the taste buds going for the new season, Certainly lads. Will. Won't it? How many points? Yeah. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> yeah, stop it. Um, okay, uh, as always, um, we, we don't plan these shows. Um, Newcastle United do uh, with their seven days of activity. And um, it's sometimes internal. It's sometimes external. And uh, Newcastle's press conference today, Eddie Howe, once again, Mitch asked about the whole Saudi scenario. Once away, once again, had to bat it off. Even had Luke Edwards at one point who staggered during the press conference to say, "I forgot what my question is." So they had to move on to Jordan Cronin. Then when they went back to Luke, surprise, surprise, his question was about Saudi. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, it's been this big meeting. The owners and directors test is 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 going to change with immediate effect or has changed with immediate effect. Um, you know, the, the headline makers have had a, a field day and the the, you know, the 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 people who love having a dig at our club have had a field day. What 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 did you make of all of that this week? There's been a been a lot of talk. Look, I know we've touched on it on other shows this week, but let's go a little bit more in depth. Yeah, let's go in depth. It's it's lazy, it's sensationalist, it's an easy stick to beat with. But actually, if you start digging into the changes they've made, and, and if you look at other events as well, which I'll touch on a little bit, I think, uh, just to kick off and get things rolling. Um, and and it, it genuinely is a non-story. And that's my, my opinion, but I think it's more than just my opinion. Um, for starters, the, the, the tests are going to revolve around who's on the government list. Well, None of the countries in the Middle East are. Tell you who would have affected more, Arsenal and Everton, when they had a warmonger on their boards yes. with money, which was um, sort of uh, in in terms of frozen by the U- UK government. I tell you what, it would have affected was Chelsea. Yeah. That's prom. <laughs> and we all know who won that, you know. And so um, it, it's a sensationalist non-story. And it's easy, it's lazy. Yet it will be cheered by the same people who came with no real um, evidence or they no real backup to what they were saying. And let's, let's wind it back a little bit. There's been something announced. Ironically, actually, the same day as the Premier League announced that, that changes uh, here in the UAE, um, Sheikh Khaldun Mubarak has been announced is the new joint vice president of the UAE. Who is he? Chairman of Man City. Now, you can't get more political at a country than vice president of the country, whether it's joint vice president or not. It's actually quite an unusual move because the position 
usually held solely by somebody from Dubai, and they've announced that Sheikh Khaldun Mubarak is now joint vice president with Sheikh Mohammed bin Rashid from Dubai. Um, to show a big show of unity, and he's married to one of Sheikh Mohammed's daughters, etc., etc. But what it does do is, if we're on the table for having His Excellency Yasser Al Rumayan on our board, they're on the table too now. And they probably again going to do that. They're just not. Let's let's be realistic. And and I was even chatting to some of my journalist friends over here over the last few days about how things are viewed from a human rights perspective, both with the UAE um, and Saudi and Qatar, because obviously we've got Man U nonsense still going on. Um, and uh, what I call the Binzaya group bid on steroids going on for Man United. Um, and, and of all of them, the UAE comes out very well. Saudi's not too far behind. And the one that still keeps popping up and, and dispatches is Qatar. You know, and so we've got all of this. You can talk human rights as much as you like, but the, again, I keep telling you about changes I've seen in this region in the last 10 years since I've been in it, and they're massive, absolutely huge. Um, and so far, the UK government suddenly revert and put all these countries on their list, which is the only way anything would be disbarred, um, would destroy a country who've left the EU, who are struggling to make trade elsewhere around the world, who've just joined the Asia-Pacific trading bloc without any um, referendum for that, by the way, but that's another matter. Um, and, and so it, it just isn't going to happen. No matter how much people wish it would happen and want things to happen, it's not. And I think we can sit now, sit back and relax and say, well, okay, come for us. You've got to come for Man City as well. You're already going for Man City in other ways, but you kind of come for us in the same way. Because we haven't done anything that Man City have allegedly done. We're doing everything by the book and up front and cooperating and up front with you as the Premier League. Richard Masters' performance, which I'm sure we'll touch on as well, in front of that that uh, uh, commission was quite pathetic. Um, and basically chucked the member club under the bus a little bit because his non-answer does only one thing, protects the Premier League. Protects the Premier League. Gives enough wiggle room for the naysayers and the people who want something to happen to say, oh, there might be something happening. There's not. There just isn't. And so um, we're going to be sitting, hopefully pretty soon, if, the, if we can get the results over the next few weeks that we want and, and look at where we're going to go, listening to his excellency, the Yassal Murayan, talking about where PIF want to be by 2030. 20, um, and, and I've said all along, we're an intrinsic part of that. Call it sports washing, if you will. Um, I call it great investment on their behalf because we were the value proposition. They've always seen we were the value proposition. They're not going out spend billions on a football club like Qatar are allegedly about to, but they're not, by the way. Um, you know, it, it, it just, it, it's a non-starter, but people are loving it. And I've seen certain other journalists as well. And, and that political leaning can't stop them from asking certain questions. And my suggestion to them would be get back to the football because that's where everything should be concentrated on. That's all we should concentrate on. And frankly, everything else is, is white noise and absolute desperation on certain people's part. Um, and that's where I sit on it. And, uh, you know, it, it, I, I might be a bit blunt about it, but I'm at the point now where you, 
count the amount of fucks I gave on Oscar Spasorius's toes. <laughs> Cheers, everyone. <laughs> Keith, your views on uh, the, the week's um, event? If he's blunt, I'll probably be blunter because it's the biggest pile of horse shit you're ever going to see <clears throat> dredged up by lazy journalism that you're going to see this season. And if you've got somebody going off for his Easter holidays and he works for a newspaper, he's probably got a choice of trying to bring something up that's valid to the Premier League, bring some news up, bring some article up, bring something up about England or about coaching, or about some statistics, or if he's got political drive towards um, anti-Saudi motivations, um, what he could do is just dredge up an old story and bring it back to the back to the fore. So I'm going to tell you a couple of things tonight because I think I think people are playing with our fans' mental health. I think they're playing with our fans' mindset. And I think some of our fans, a lot of them have privately messages and said, are you worried, Keith? And I said, not at all. Yeah. I said, well, if, you, if you're not, neither am I. Keith, I've, I've had exactly the same. I've, had, I've been bombarded yeah. with them this week. Yeah. Well, I've had some, like some, some of the people that's on here tonight and some people that I have a lot of time for who, who I call regulars, who are people who talk a lot of sense. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to level with you a few things. Something I've never said before, but, but you know, I'll, I'll put on this thing. Justin Barnes was employed by Mike Ashley as a lawyer. And he ran the case for Newcastle for the takeover. Um, you know, yes, I'm signed up to NDAs, but I'll say to you now, the Premier League begged Newcastle not to run the CAC case. So when it ran, and 33,000 broke the records and sat on and watched it, um, Newcastle were begged by the Premier League. They were told the Premier League would pass the takeover without the need for the cat as long as he dropped the cat. My words were, I wouldn't tell them as a bird's nest. I wouldn't trust these people with, with, me, with, with me granny's errand money to go down the ice cream van. These people are incessantly dodgy. That's in my personal opinion. And I'm allowed to have a personal opinion. You can't do as legally for saying anybody's dodgy. However, the club um, must have felt similar. That's all I'm going to say. They must have felt similar. Because they steadfastly refused to stop the cat case. And I said, if you stop it, they will immediately go back to major on an arbitration where you'll get beat two to one. So thankfully, the club ran it. We all know what happened after that. And just to put some dates in for all these Johnny Coombe headbangers, the, 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 the case was run on a Thursday, right? The deal for Newcastle United was signed on the Saturday. Okay, so work that out because you know we're not Jay Z here. If you call Saturday a non-working day, so Thursday and Friday working days, the case ran on the Thursday. The day was signed off by the Premier League for the takeover of Newcastle United on the Saturday. Okay, I was telling Anton Deck on the Tuesday night that it was signed, sailed, wet, and finished and done. The Saudis then realised that they wanted television in in, in the UAE, so they went. And, and they gave the TV rights to behind so that the people in Saudi Arabia could watch Newcastle because they knew they'd signed for the club. They took it over. And it was and, and Sky Sports were jumping around on the, the Thursday saying, oh, well, you know, there's things to be passed yet by the Premier League. Bag of bollocks. There was nothing to get passed because it had been signed on the Saturday morning. Okay? So all you clowns who sit there and say, you don't know what you're talking about. I saw it. I've seen it. I've, set, I've worked with the people who were doing it. So I'm, I'm saying just once and for all, don't believe half the shit you read in the papers. 
because that's what it is. And that's why it ends up as toilet paper. These people are lazy journalists who've got political motivations, who are anti-Saudi, like a lot of people who are quite prominent, trying to stop the takeover, trying to offend people on this panel, because all the people on this panel wanted unanimously was the Saudi takeover. Now, what did I want? Well, think about what it is. Newcastle Consortium Supporters Limited. So we were only after one takeover. And the only fear was is that another takeover might have come in. However, you need to, rec- you need to ask yourself, why did the Premier League, that's Newcastle, not to run a cat case, which ran on a Thursday and then they signed the deal off without any conditions for piracy or human rights or anything two days later? The reason they did is because they didn't have a leg to stand on. And the other reason is, and I think a lot of years who are on our side will say, well, they must have been shying themselves of what was going to come out if the cat case had run. Because in the words of a KC, he said to me, he said, they cannot defend, no way they can defend four of the six points you've raised. Four of them six points smashed them to pieces. And they tried to answer one, which they might have had a good answer in, and they made a complete dog's dinner of it. And Chiawanya's letter drove, drove a horse and carriage through that one point they tried to defend. So, so to me, it probably was five out of six. Remember, you only have to win one. So when you sit there and you just sit there getting ready to go to Man United match or you sit there and you get some stupid journalist who's quite lazy who just thinks, I tell you what I'll do, I'll ruin this case. I'll get some, some buffoon to go on the DCMS and raise the question, are you going to look at Newcastle again? The answer is no. Because if you were brave enough to run the Newcastle case again and Newcastle counterclaimed and said, well, we did a takeover, we did it in the grounds of an uncompetitive, anti-competitive uh, atmosphere, there's, a, there's, a, there's an option for Newcastle to reopen cases. So just because they didn't run a case, because they signed it off, it doesn't stop them having the option to reopen a case. And for me, with the, with the wealth of PIF, if you've seen this week, the, the, their aim is for $3.5 trillion <laughs> in our lifetime. $3.5 trillion in a week that Sunderland's iconic manager is looking after our under nines. It'll tell you how big the gap's getting. It's got to tell you how wide it's getting. Newcastle United are the force in football and it's choking everybody on the planet. Everybody in another club is choking the bits. They hate what's going on at Newcastle United at the minute. But what I'm concerned about is fans who have had a season ticket for 20 years and all they want to do is see Newcastle have some degree of success. We've took the cup final on the chin. We've got beat. So we'll go on Sunday. We group again. We try and beat them. We might win, we might lose. But we'll take what we get. But what's not fair is where somebody gets paid a wage under the heading of a journalist and he goes in and he says, oh, you need to reinvestigate Newcastle. It's, it's, a lot of it is real horseshit. And, and my desire, my walk desire, is that they have the balls to run and investigate Newcastle. Because I think you investigate. You, you're talking about investigating PIF. That's what you're talking about. It's a PIF argument. It's the status of them, their ownership, and then you're taking on their people. Now, unlimited funds, and with the evidence I've seen myself, you'll bring the Premier League down, in my humble, private opinion. I think you'll smash the British cartel in football if it comes out. So I think Newcastle's the last target in the world you want to take on. And for me, all this rubbish they've put out about there's new laws about people and people are saying, oh, does that mean Man United's take was not going to go through? Or Newcastle's can be do- undone? Or Man City's is going to get looked into? No. It's talking about a watch list 
that Qatar and UAE aren't even on. So, so you, if you said to me, is that going to have any impact? I would say, yeah. If Burnley come at the Premier League this year and North Korea try and buy them, that legislation might kick and have great impact. Apart from that, forget about it. You're playing with your head and it's the same old people. It's your Dan Rones. It's the people who don't want to work. They just want to think. And I don't mind. I'm a private man. I'm not resenting anyone. You can come after us and I'll stand toe to toe with you and say, what you're doing is you're doing very, very cheap, lazy journalism. And you're playing with people's minds. And you, you, you're not even researching these things. You're digging an old case out and say, here, see if you can rattle Newcastle again. And the only pity for me is that, that more and more people don't understand that, that Richard Masters is probably playing at Wise saying, can't comment, I can't comment. Because can't comment could mean, and this, I'm just saying this, this could mean, could mean I haven't got the balls to take Newcastle off. It could mean if I take Newcastle on, they'll expose us. It could mean you're not in your life. You think I'm mad? You think I'm drunk? No chance. But by saying what he's saying is a neutral way of giving people the impression there's probably an investigation going on. So, so for me, to all here, stop worrying. Let just, just go and scream that team on. Take it in your stride. Newcastle's not going anywhere. PIF aren't going anywhere. And the only people that are going somewhere is these clubs with half a billion and a billion of debt, like Man United Spurs. They're the people should be worrying right now. Over to you, Steve. Um, I'm expecting you to get a phone call from Florentino Perez any moment now, wanting to smash the Premier League, because that's his ambition, isn't it? Because they're so desperate to do, do something and bring in the European Super League. No, seriously, I mean, absolutely spot on what we said. I mean, it's a conversation that we've been having among ourselves for God knows how long. Uh, Keith's absolutely right, and we know he is, and he knows he is. Uh, and I think the Premier League know that he is as well. Um Richard Masters uh, was the master um, of of saying nothing while uttering what was he uttering? Made up, whatever. I just, I just, I watched his performance and I thought, dear me, he's gone in with an agenda of saying absolutely nothing. He was going to give anything away. He he didn't. He doesn't want this. He doesn't want that. It was so political in terms of how a politician would operate because that's what it was like listening to. It was like listening to a bloke who knows he's going to sit in front of a camera and, and tell a pack of lies and, and you're waiting for someone to come in and say defend the indefensible because that's what he, that's almost what he what he was trying to do and what he tries to do. Um, we, we know that Newcastle United are going nowhere. We know PAF will not be one iota scared. Um, anyone, and Keith will, Keith will, will agree, anyone who heard the, the comments from Nick DeMarco when he was asked whether or not this would affect Newcastle yeah, United, yeah. no. And, no, and, no. and there, there's a man who, who has been uh, wrapped up in the, in the whole legal aspect alongside Keith for God knows how long. So when Nick DeMarco comes out as a top KC... Um, and says, I don't think I need to worry about lads. Um, he's almost saying, <laughs> bring it on, <laughs> bring it on, because if you do, it's, it's a big packet for me and it's it's a downfall of you. So, yeah, that's 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 the nature of it. Um, move on, guys. I know they can't move on because it's the nature of the human being uh, in them because, they're, they're, as Keith said, these these. 
these journalists, they don't know. So they're clutching at a straw that they don't even have a grip of. They're desperate. They're desperate to, to get a story. They think there's a story out there and there isn't a story. But they're still chasing this 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 little bit of straw that's flying Steve, around. Steve, they, they don't even know why the table went through. They don't even no, know. No, no, exactly. they, don't, they don't even know why the Premier League give in. And, and yeah. if, you, if you remember, the big six were furious with the Premier League letting it go. Can you remember the week after it went through? They had a meeting with Newcastle weren't invited to to yeah. explain why they let it go through, through. Because the difference is the Premier League employed a big team of lawyers, massive team. So yeah. they knew exactly what they were up against. And them lawyers and them KCs for their side, well, they said, you've lost, you've lost this. You can't run this argument. You're dead with these arguments. And so people on, the, on Newcastle's side, I mean, why do you think Nick DeMarco was wheeled into the cat case? He's not, he's not a cat lawyer. Yeah. Nick DeMarco is not a competition lawyer. He's a disputes and resolution specialist, probably the best in the country. But he was put in there to sit and laugh at them. And all he did was the whole meeting, he was just sitting grinning. He just sat there and it was like, he'd done all this work behind the scenes and it ended up in a competition case. Let us tell you, the day I went to Newcastle United, Nick DeMarco said to me, he said, to, sorry, to, to, to New, he said to Newcastle, he says, I think it's going to take what Keith's saying to break our case down, just, just to get this to go. And I've, you know, I've got that recorded. So what I'm saying to you is, is, is Nick DeMarco wasn't a cat lawyer who was sitting on the cat case. Yeah. Newcastle were playing with them, flicking their ears in the meeting. You all saw it. 33,000 you saw it. But seriously, you've got these journalists. Someone's asked a great question on the screen. He said, why do you think with the cat cases so nailed on that people are encouraging, um, press are encouraging the argument against Newcastle? It's simple. Is, is If the people who wind these journalists up, i.e. the big six cartel, knew what they were guilty of and had the examples that we've got of what they were doing, they wouldn't be doing anything. They'd be, they'd be pleased they got out of it. But, the, but those teams in the cartel, them clubs, think the Premier League let them down. Not my opinion. My opinion is the Premier League saved their bacon. The Premier yeah. League saved them going into court. And If you get found as a cartel, it's 10% of your world turnover. Or as much as imprisonment. But it, it, it's, it's not... Forget the fines. Forget how bad it is. It's, it's if a cartel's found in English football, English football crumbles. The whole thing. You'll have, you'll have the little 14 fighting it out and you'll have six clubs come up from the championship and they'll go at the bottom of the fourth division. If it's a cartel's found, it's a disaster. But, but it, it isn't... Those points remain. Those points lie there. What they were doing was wholly illegal and anti-competitive. And that's from a KC to me. So I, I believe him because that's what he does for a living. He's one of the top yeah. ones in the country. And he says, it's illegal what they're doing. And he says, you've, got, you've, got, you've run six charges. We run six. Given the Premier League, we've got a nine-page letter answering them. There, we give them to the club. And the club ran them six arguments. And my KC said to me, who I think is still the best in the country, he said, yeah. you'll win four, probably five. You only have to win one. So, so don't question if the cartel is nailed on. It, it, if a cartel was run, the fees for a cartel against British football, there'll be 100 million fees spent. And, and, and Piffle cough at that. Piffle, just, Piffle wonder which petty cash to take, to, to take it out of. You're sorry, talking sorry. about, you, you're, taking, you're taking a 500 billion pound wealth trust against people who were half a billion in debt and a billion in debt. They wouldn't even be able to run the cases. 
So are you recommending that these sports journalists start looking into competition law and finding the how big the hole is that they've just dug for the top six? <laughs> I, th- I think I think them yeah. I think them journalists want to go and get some stories about um, you know Fulham come back to strength, Brighton come back to strength, yeah. you know Bournemouth Bournemouth attempts to stay up. Right, I think I think you know I genuinely think I've spoken to Miguel Delaney and I, I think I genuinely think he has a passion for the subject he talks about. I think he's passionately against Man United getting Middle East ownership. But I think like Dan Rohn and them, some of the people who put on, I think they genuinely just just try to cause mischief because they love to stick one on Newcastle. And I, Keith, and I, and some, I, is, is, yeah, yeah. somebody who lives in the Middle East, I can tell you, I shudder at some of the things I see on the BBC website at the minute, which are all anti-Middle Eastern that yeah. come with very, very little... Very little factual in content, very subjective, and at times comes across as you don't know what you're talking about. So come, yeah. come and be here for a while. <clears throat> Another example this week of how the press are lazy and how they have it like basically a racist bias. Picture in the Daily Mail saying uh, Yasser Al Rumayan is under pressure uh, because of new Premier League rules, and it was a picture of me, Dad. Yes, <laughs> it was a picture of me, Dad. You know, it's like it's like brown skin. Oh, that'll do. Yeah, what? <laughs> you know, that, that that's super racist. And he's a he's of Iranian heritage. They're Persian, not Arab. If you call them Arab, bloody damn mental. Yeah. It it just shows an absolute it's, it's total pit, lack pitiful. of respect for the region and lack of understanding of the region. It's pitiful. It really is. But it's, I think I think the the bad side is when you know, like. I, when I go in my box, I want to be remembered as an ordinary Newcastle fan. And so when you look at the people I relate to, those ordinary Newcastle fans, not people who want to run the world or want to be the super fan. I just like people who just want to go to the match, see us win. And like, it, you know, they've been going for 20 years and they've seen nothing happen of any substance. And then they're getting somewhere near where we start to compete and you get all this rubbish in the paper. I mean, I've heard George talk, I listened to, I tuned into the, the Geordie's ear this week and I listened to it all and, you know, like, like George said, he said, it's just not, it's not going to happen. I mean, there's a bloke who's sat on the bench. There's a bloke who's played for Newcastle. He's been a fan for, you know, as long as we've been around. And, and he's saying, he's saying, you know, it's just rubbish. But to a lot of fans, and some of the messages I've had this week, it's, it's troubling and it's worrying because they just, they just, it's, it's, I suppose the way I would describe it, it's like someone running a, a you know, a horse and cart through your, your daughter's wedding. You know, through the middle of the, the ceremony when she's dressed in white and the shit's flying and everything. And you think, why are you doing this to spoil the wedding? Why are you doing it? When first time, why have you not troubled us for 14 years? Why did you not come to us before? But you come to us now because you know we hurt you. And I, and I think Steve Ray's touched on it. It's a testimony to how Newcastle's grown as to how much the lazy press are targeting us. Yeah. Well said. It- you're not just lazy, they've got no intelligence. That's what disappointed me more than anything. Because if there was a good uh, investigative journalist amongst them, yeah. they would be finding these things out that we talk about regularly. I mean, it's just, it's just crackers. And, and, and it's worse than lazy. They're just uh, unintelligent, in my view, as well, because otherwise they wouldn't keep going down this, this path. Yeah. And uh, the, the other thing is that, uh, yes... Not only did I sit on the bench, but as a, in my profession, I've sat on marine arbitrations as an expert witness. 
And I know that the the, the, the shipbuilding people, the ship shipping people are happy to stay in arbitration. Yeah. Because they know if they go outside arbitration, yeah. anything they say then that's that's not right becomes criminal. And the risk and the risk going to jail. And I've been in two cases where they did take it further, and the captain of a ship who scuttled a ship, he ended in jail because he did because he, he told a lie in in the in the bigger court. And same with the, an insurance company; they were fined millions and millions because they told lies in in the outside the arbitration. Get away with it in arbitration. But not, once you step outside, then you, you come into criminal matters, and these people see these journalists don't even know that, or don't, or don't even want to know it by the sound of it. If they had a, an ounce of sense uh, as a good investigating journalist, they might have found some of this out. But I don't think the case. Some of it, I'm I'm firmly convinced, uh, Keith, is spite mm. because they got shown up over the over the takeover. <clears throat> They, they kept spouting the fact that it wasn't going to happen, wasn't going to happen, and it did happen. And because they don't understand why it happened, all right, we'll, we'll try and open it again or, or we'll have a go again. It's just it's just outrageous and lack, lacks intelligence uh, and, and, and tail it in, in my view. They were proven, um, George. George, they were proven. Yeah. They were proven yeah. as, a gr- as a group to be out of touch with what yeah. was happening and, and what, what, the, what the takeover proved to anybody the modicum of, of, of legal sense was that Newcastle kept a tight ship. But yeah. from the whole, you know, it'll come out one day is, is, is when Newcastle, Newcastle weren't allowed to announce that they were in litigation with the club. And that came out one day when the club wrote a letter to me telling us they were in litigation. So I went to the club and said, hey, are you in litigation? Said, yeah. Who says that? And I said, it's in this letter. Newcastle went to the press, they went to television, they went on six o'clock news, Time T's BBC that night. And Newcastle said, that's great for us because we want this to be publicised. And the yeah. whole tactic of the EPL was privacy, nobody can talk, and, and procrastination that slowed down. It was in, in the Newcastle were fighting for openness and expedition to, to, to get it through quick. Now, the, 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 the press were going up Newcastle for stories, and Newcastle was saying, nothing to say, nothing to say. They weren't being awkward with the press. They weren't allowed to say anything. They signed mm-hmm. documents to say they couldn't talk. So that's why the press were blinded all the way through. I mean, the, the, you know, the, the, in fairness, you, you, you've, there's three years on here, know very, very well that the, the people buying the club were in the dark a lot, a lot of the time. You, you know that. And you, and, you, and you came to me for, for what was going on and, and fed it back. And so we had a dialogue going both ways. So we, we in, you know, in our group, we had somebody on the buyer's side and someone on the seller's side. And that's what yeah. annoyed people. That's what chased people off. So when people put it out or when we give stuff to Liam Kennedy at the time, that annoyed people because other people weren't getting the inside story. And, and it, it's over and done with now. Let's yeah. enjoy it. But if there's half a dozen reporters out there want to cause mischief, I'll put offers out this week. I said, well, come on, let's meet. Let's meet in public and I'll bring some evidence I've got. You bring what evidence you've got. There's going to be an investigation. Newcastle are going to struggle because there is no investigation. And if there was, they'd lose. Yeah. And and, okay. and the, biggest, the biggest loser would be the ones that have... Uh, Sit up front, thinking that they're running it all, like Richard Masters, and 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 people like that. Because if that if that ran, and 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 I've said to you before, Keith, this is a mischievous side of me that says, "Well, all right, bring it on. Let's let's, 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 let's do the it. thing. Let's do it." And then we can watch them as that as they go off to jail. You know, I tell you, so, I tell you something. I, mean, I, remember, I remember years ago, 
Um, I was running a court case in England, and I, I've told you before on the show that the combined legal fees was fifty-five million for, yeah. for a competition action. That's that was far bigger than this one Newcastle running with the Premier League, far mm. bigger, like times ten. But in England, you're not allowed to coach people. In in law, you're not allowed to coach yeah. people in law. One of the laws is is you go into court, you put somebody fresh on the stand, you're allowed to coach them. In America, you are allowed to coach them. In America, the barrister, the legal people are allowed to coach the people. So what they did with me is they put in cases in America to coaches to know how to act in court. And then I came back to England, if you like, groomed, trained and ready. I'll tell you what, biggest advice I'll give you after watching that DCMS meet is Get our friend Richard over to the American pretty quick and get some coaching. Because <laughs> I yeah. tell you what, if a man, yeah. is, if a man was, uh, is, let's say, if you're poor on the stand, he was dying. He died last week, and he yeah. died. He's, you know, Desperate. Every, Desperate. every time, every time he's being cornered, he, he, he all the all the signals come over here. I mean, as, as punters, we, he wouldn't stand up in a magistrate's court. No, and, 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 and there's a magistrate saying that. So, <laughs> so, so that you know, you're kind of a better yeah. endorsement. I just don't think he comes over as a, as a genuine, credible witness. But it is hard. No, it's, it's to... Only thing better in the long grass than Richard Masters is a Viet Cong sniper. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. Nice jovial Friday night before a big game on Sunday. <laughs> when you when you would be a, when you would be an interesting start anyway. Right, it's so, good. Uh, it's crack amongst each other, isn't it? It's not. Of course it it's is. Not, well, it's not built. It's just exactly. Well, it's took us up the tweet of the week. And as always, plenty of tweets sent in. A lot of them by Zora. So thank you, to Zora. A wise man once told his wife. Nothing, because he was a wise man. <laughs> uh, due to the financial problems surrounding a lot of football clubs at the moment, Manchester United have had to release 25 members of staff from the payroll. The 15 referees and 10 linesmen are said to be devastated. <laughs> Very good, Keith. Uh, growing up, British. Can I play? I don't know, mate. It's not my ball. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah, so we can <laughs> Tango whiskey, uh, Tango whiskey, Charlie. Uh, spot on. How did you know? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to Hamish for this one. Shall we use two S's? Nah, one will be fine. You sure? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear me. Fail. Epic fail. Uh, safe standing at St. James's Park on the days before health and safety. <laughs> well, yes. Great one, Martin. Brilliant, yeah. I remember them days. Remember those days, yeah. Fantastic photograph of this. Uh, finally found a good use for cauliflower. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very, very good, that. Yeah. Very good. Um, as was this. Meanwhile, in Egypt. Oh. <laughs> Definitely looks like Michael Jackson. Very good, Ian. Like that one. And uh, brought this back as a memento of my recent holiday in Florida. It's a Miami Vice. Serial killer theme now. Um, Fred Best, one of the best, gave this man an opportunity and he would bury it. Oh, God. Oh, God. Thanks, Doug. Yeah. And that was shortly followed by this one from Doug Westlife. <laughs> <laughs> Gets worse. Dougie. Dougie, Sam Smith appearing as the masked oh, singer. Oh, my. Oh, God. God's sake. <laughs> oh, 
And uh, Ian Hull with his usual Mexican stuff. Mexican word of the day spreadsheet. Gringos has used manure to grow food. Farmers pay me to spreadsheet on their crops so they grow faster. <laughs> he loves them, Ian, doesn't he? Loves them, doesn't he? I, I get at least two a week. Mad uh, spending Jonathan, man. Jonathan Anderson, my favourite type of graffiti is passive-aggressive, sarcastic graffiti. Uh, and at the top there, Newcastle to here, Market, it says guesstimate. <laughs> and at the bottom it says pointless looking, never on time anyway. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, this was good as well from Dougie. I sent this to three people and no one got it. Where are my arty artist friends who get how funny this is? <laughs> Very good, Dougie. I uh, did like that. He sent some class stuff in. Uh, that's an old photo. <laughs> yes, Doug. And uh, this one from Dougie as well. When I was a baby, my parents used to bath me in cheap Australian lager. It wasn't until I was 18 that I realised I'd been fostered. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. God. Evil Knievel, crossing there. <laughs> and Jimmy always gets it close to the bone. Uh, when Jimmy you've only boy. been at your job for two weeks and already have a reputation. <laughs> Jimmy followed that up with this one great restaurant sometimes it's hard to find the control <laughs> thanks Jimmy Jimmy's on fire he definitely was Michael Jones thanks for this my missus keeps pestering me to do my flamingo bird impression every bloody day she asks in the end I had to put my foot down <laughs> and he's here all week <laughs> thank you Michael I did like this I got this at the start of the week never cook whilst drunk says Dougie Love tried it. to make Cadbury's cream eggs last night <laughs> there'll be somebody watching this who's tried that um, sure. guaranteed Stansted Airport just got back from Kansas I don't want to talk about it did you know that Kansas City welcomes 25 million visitors annually <laughs> <laughs> And this was good from We Are The Geordies Really just shows how how far we've come Was this really two years ago? Uh, Should Steve Bruce leave? 95% Stay at Newcastle? 5% Will NUFC be relegated if he stays? Yes, 92% No, 4% Unsure, 4% Who's to blame for Newcastle's situation? Ashley, 53% Bruce, 34% Players, 6% Other, 7% What other? tea lady uh, but yeah amazing to, to look back on that I think it was only wow. a couple of years ago yeah Haley Ellis ringing the doctors at 8am to get an appointment <laughs> we're trying to get a cup final ticket as well uh, Jack Tyndale sorry but in a million years I could never have come up with Keith Arshwank as a parody name for an American conservative it's just too implausible uh, there you go his name yeah. Keith Arshwank fantastic <laughs> This one from many Castle United fans. At least we beat them at food. Cheesy hot dog at Old Trafford. £7.50. Jesus. That is, that's abysmal, that might so, you, You're talking about poor reporting. I saw an article in the paper that said that that was from Old Trafford. It was actually a stand outside Old Trafford where they were trying to pass it off as something that football yeah. clubs sell to fans, which, again, rotten, you know. Last few. Rob Vasey. Uh, we've just got a rescue cat from Turkey. Uh, <laughs> I got this one last week. Sorry, I had one of them in this week, you know. 
I'm Bloody playing hell. <laughs> Brian, I missed this one. Uh, first, he says, what a name. First name, second name. <laughs> to pro, <laughs> to pro, to pro dear for the second name family. Clearly <laughs> forgot to put his name in. Uh, I was going to post a joke about sodium, but thought, nah, people wouldn't understand. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Very clever. Chemical symbols. Uh, it speaks for itself, that one. So yeah. Just... <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> and this one, when going fishing, take an action oh figure with you. It makes your God. patch look amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sarcasm doesn't get you anywhere, says Ian. Uh, well, it got me to the Sarcasm World Championships in Peru in 1998. <laughs> really? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one as well uh, my nomination for tweet of the week Robert is a friend and a village neighbour and ex-Royal Navy sub-commander great memories of wife and children waving us in and out particularly vigorously when I took our car keys to sea and the police boat had to ferry them to me wife <laughs> <laughs> thanks to Ian for this one as well rock, sand and then you don't have to put on the red light, red light. <laughs> yes and what's the first thing you do after sex? Uh, Daniel's answer was a bit disturbing. Continue the autopsy whilst reminding myself that a moment of weakness doesn't make me a bad vet. <laughs> oh, dear. Getting back to something more civilised, thanks to Andrew for this one. Can I nominate this as Tweet of the Week? Um, and it's a bit of artwork from Jess Bennett, Daddy97, and uh, the Baron on the back end. <coughs> Going up to St. James's Park, I think that's fantastic. So, I think yeah, Jess, is, Jess yes. is just a baby, hasn't she? And that's yeah. like, uh, that's what she's, that's her dream now, that the dad will yeah. be able to take a Ben a match one day. That's lovely. Fantastic, man. Fantastic. Dougie Morris, thanks for this time in. Certainly is everything. That's really good. <laughs> Great <laughs> photograph, yes. that. Perfect. Uh, just had a dream that would beat Manchester United 318 8. Uh, fingers crossed that becomes a reality. Uh, Papa Fleur replied, Can't see it happening. Our defense is too good to be letting it in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Star Trek here from Stephen Kennedy. How was the seminar and on erectile dysfunction? That was a total flop. Nobody came. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh. And Paul Summers, uh, Inga's sulking because I've just had to lecture her again about how it is both unethical and unhygienic to try and lick my face after she's eaten another dog's jobby in plain sight on her morning walk. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Paul. Last couple. Uh, nice to see Everton's new grounds coming along perfectly. A bit like their vision for staying in the Premier League. Keep up the good work. <laughs> great, great seat. And uh, I got a weird friend request this week. Uh, thanks to Twain Gabriella, ah, drug sure. and gun dealer. Yeah, God. Uh, needless to say, that ended on the uh, uh, d ignore part. Uh, pile she's, on the, she's on the panel next week, though. She's on the panel next week. New floor there, Steve. Yeah, absolute classic. Um, just want to remind people. John's put it in the chat already. Uh, this, the Alan Shearer signed ball is up for grabs. A pound of tickets, one hundred and fifty tickets, enter at nufcmatters.com. Now, a little bit earlier than normal, we are going to go into the uh, the match at the weekend for a reason. Keith Soul pals here. Melly. Hey! Oh, Melly, Melly off the telly. Oh, <laughs> Smelly. <laughs> he's fully dressed. He's on, his way, he's on his way to the game already. We're doing kick-off to Sunday, man. Right. Yeah, I, well, I put, I put this on because obviously we're United. Uh, uh, we're playing Newcastle. 
Well, no, I've got it's like, um, it's like the Waltons in my house. I don't know if Steve tell you, but I've got eight kids, oh, yeah. so I'm trying to get you. like five. Trying to get five minutes, it would be I couldn't do it, so I just jump in the motor. You're obviously not very good at the rhythm method, I take it. <laughs> Steve, anyway, anyway just quickly. Go on. <clears throat> that twin, that last that you've just put up with a friend request. <laughs> I accepted that because it says I had one mutual friend, Steve Rafe. What <laughs> <laughs> a classic. Class Melly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Melly, here we are. Um, mind games again from Ten Hag, uh, trying to tell us that uh, Marcus Desperate Rashford man. was injured and uh, saying yeah. that you know, still maintaining Newcastle is a bit of an annoying team. I listened to Eddie Howe's press conference today, he doesn't get sucked into mind battles, he said. And from his perspective, he doesn't listen to what anybody else says, just cracks on. Um, you know, what, how do you see this game? This weekend, mate, because you know, Newcastle obviously played Manchester in the final. We got beat 2 0, fair and square, two goals. We, we look at it probably as a learning curve for ourselves. But from your perspective, how, how, how big a game is this for you, and how much of a miss is Casemiro going to be? Huge miss, Casemiro, massive miss. Um, and I'm going to be totally honest with you, I'm normally got the last twice I've been on my years, I've said, like, I've got a feeling we're going to beat it, but I've just got a feeling like you're going to get something off with you. Gone into the national break, you had two good wins, which I thought you needed to win them um, to maintain the your top four push. And you did, and you did it, you know, you did it well. I just think the international break probably come at the wrong time for you, but I just haven't got a good feeling. I think he's a nicky, he's got something to prove. You got beaten in the final. Um, we, we can say convincingly because, I, like I said, the last time I believe. Newcastle could have played for another two days and not scored that day. I just didn't know what happened to them. Um, so I think he's going to be full of vengeance. And I've, unfortunately, I think he'll probably nick it. It's a big game for Man United, but you know, we've if anybody's truthful, they'll say that we've never been in the title race, although we were uh, in a title race until recently. We just need to get top four now. Um, am I right in thinking that if you win, you're going above her. Yeah. Uh, it's massive. It's it's massive for you. If you do that, like it's, he's a, I think he's going to get Champions League football next year. But Man United, we've got a bit of an easier running after, after Newcastle. So I think we'll still get top four. I think they need to focus on the two cups. Um, oh. Yeah, I mean it's an interesting it's an interesting running uh, for for Newcastle Spurs and Manchester United. Do you think the Spurs uh, managerial change is going to be beneficial or, or negative? They've chosen not to bring somebody in, Melly. They've decided to go with the backroom staff until the end of the season. Well, that tells you everything. I think like if they were going to push for top four, then they would have just brought the top manager straight in. I think they wanted to to shell, but PSG, like I think they've um, buying. Sorry, have have jumped on that and brought him straight in because he would have went to Tottenham, I think. You know, with what happened to Chelsea, uh, I think he would have ended up there. So when he's gone there, they've just thought, look, you know, if we can get Europe, we'll get Europe, we'll go on with the backroom staff. Normally when a new manager comes in, you know what the crack is, you know, it's they'll get a win, they'll get two wins. And But I don't know, no, I don't think you've got anything to worry about with Spurs. I think Newcastle's got to be favourites for the top four now, you know, like, like, like that tweet said, you might win 388, but you can't say you're conceding eight. It's true. You, you didn't concede goals, you know. So, Isaac, 
you need to play him more. I would even play him with Wilson. You know, I don't know why the twos aren't getting played together. Wilson can hold the ball up, and Isaac's very clever with his feet. That goal that was offside, the what he did with his feet before that, it was just he's a player. Him, he is a player. Mm, no, definitely is takeover talk. We've had we've had a big discussion about our uh, takeover, which of course was was done a long time ago now, but still makes headlines because. You know, Premier League are changing the rules now and uh, trying to prevent takeovers. What, what's the feeling from Manchester United fans' perspective about a potential takeover at yours? And does it look more like the Qataris than than anything else? Or you, you know, what, what are you feeling about this whole thing? Nah, I've just got a horrible good feeling that uh, the Glazers were fishing. Uh, but I would, I would like the Qataris to come. look. Ultimately, they're going to end up owning the Premier League the whole lot. You know that's 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 the way that it's gone because it's it's worth so much money. It's it's the best league in the world by a country mile. I mean, if you look at the figures that Spain get for their TV figures, and they wonder it's an absolute turmoil. But the Premier League is it's up there, you know, advertising wise, which is why Mike Ashley hung on to use for so long. You know, like he, he's a businessman ultimately, and um, I, I think the Qataris will get it. You know, they're going to clear all the debt. They're in nearly a billion pounds worth of debt man it's being claimed. I don't know how the Premier League can allow that to happen, first and foremost. You know, it, it's absolutely ridiculous. So they, they'll come in, they clear the debt, they'll invest in Manchester. I've seen the day in Manchester City. They have what they are doing is have you been to the city ground before any years? Yeah. 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 It's it's absolutely amazing. You know, like it's four lanes in, they've got like a bridge to the academy and so they they they've got the money, but they haven't got the fans. We've got the fans, but we haven't got the money. And if the Qataris get it, I think Manchester will just become absolutely unbelievable. We watch Newcastle in the next ten year. You know, like we'll get on the debate where if St James's Park should be moved. Everybody loves going to St James's Park as an away fan because you're in the middle of the city centre. So, you know, maybe his movie is down to uh, where the arena is. That would that would be good. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> really, I mean. It's all right. I can hear. I can hear. Uh, last, last question. Because I know where the bed said, "Stop talking, shite, father." That's what. That's that. Stop. Stop McTominay. What? Uh, would you? Would you keep St James's Park? Yes. Would, you, would you want a new ground? Yes. It's, a, it's no. a crazy argument, but if someone tuned in midway through the show and they saw someone with a Man United hat on, tell them where your country should play the games and switch. Back. They'll switch it off. But I, I think. I think. I think it's a debate for another day. I think the first thing to do was take the roof off the Gallagher and take that stand round. Under the six or seven thousand, I think that's the next step. But um, wherever Newcastle play that, it, it, the, the, what they're going to do next is is get the results to get some top four. That it brings the players that will do that will bring the it'll it'll obviously improve FFP and and then you compete. I mean, at the minute um, Newcastle are out overperforming on what they've spent. You know, like where they're at, they shouldn't they shouldn't be as where they are. But you just said, I mean, you're my night supporter, but. You're not a slag, you're saying that the, the local favourites for top four. Personally, Absolutely. I think it will be Man United and Newcastle that they get the other two spots. I don't say Spurs or, or the others get them. But but there's one thing you said with Shockers, like you said about uh, Man United not in for the title. If you keep going, you'll be in for one title. That's the biggest debt in the league. Because Tottenham's top with a billion, but you've got about 600,000. Well, 600 million, haven't you? Debt. Uh, it's so 987. It's so you're trying to get top of Tottenham for that, the biggest debt. About the debt, because like that, there is a there is a strong rumour that, that Tottenham have given up the ghost this season in terms of getting in the top four. 
because the, there is actually a massive bonus that's got to be paid to Conti if they get it if he gets into the top four and yeah. basically don't want to lash out the and the, that's the that's why they couldn't sack him. That's right. And they the knew that they had very little to pay by letting him go with only a couple of months of the season left in his contract. But the clause that was there, if he gets them into the top four, is supposed to be huge. So I think I think they've given up on it on it. And I think that they're they're gonna they're gonna go f- try and go for a fresh start. But the big question is do they get Pochettino? Um, you know, is he is he now gonna come back and try and rebuild them as the manner that they think getting of course how they got rid of him? And I don't think that man's forgotten. And I think there's going to be a, I think there's going to be a job at Real Madrid coming up because it looks like our friend at Madrid is going to head off to Brazil, and there's going to be a big job at, at Real. And I think that's where Pochettino will end up. And I think Tottenham will, Tottenham will regret doing what they've done to Conte um, because I think that they're scrambling around and there'll be no managers wanting to go there. I think Steve, I think you've got a point there. Is like like Man United has proven without. Crazy money coming in. I mean, the Glazers must be awful owners, as, as Melia puts it. But I think I think Man United's proven put a good manager and they've turned it round. Exactly. You know, and, and 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 they've played great football. But the other thing is, and Mitch said it the other way, there's no you're not going to see another year like this again when Man when Chelsea yeah. and Liverpool aren't around the top five. For me, for me, if you know, like this this old phrase, the Cartel Six or the Big Six, whatever you call them, I think Newcastle replaced Tottenham in that this year. I think I think I think Tottenham's the one club. Uh, you know, I, I thought Arsenal would struggle, you know, to, to, to hang in there. But I think it's going to be Tottenham. And the reason I think that is, I think the stadiums is maybe is better than Wembley. I think it's that good. But um, I, I, I genuinely believe that the debt, you've got a billion pound of debt. You've got, a, you've got an ageing squad and you've got disharmony in the dressing room. And, and it, you know, if you look at Man United, you've got to go and spend. I mean, look at Casemiro's contract. You haven't just put some small players in. You need some big, proper players to turn a dressing room round, to turn a squad round and start to... If you look at the team play, Man United played Brentford this season to the team that played for the last six games, or look at the team played Barcelona, it's a completely different culture and a different mindset. I think, I think, I don't think Tottenham's got the money to do that. I don't think, I think Spurs as a, a big, you know, as a top four club or as a Champions League club, I think finished. I think I think they're out of it. I think they're Oh dear, how sad, can, never mind. The team that tracks... Can I drop, can I drop a little... Thought on Qatar here at the moment as well. Just food for thought. That if somebody in Qatar has seven billion available to invest abroad, um, why have being sports not had the money to buy the European qualifiers this season? This season? Yes. <laughs> and why the injection? I have I, I the only way I've been able to watch England in the Middle East is with IPTV. Yeah. All the sports sports bars have been shut because BN don't have the rights. Why do BN not have the rights? They don't have the money. They're desperate for investment. And if somebody in Qatar, who might have 1.7 person personal billion wealth, and then suddenly has a foundation that's appeared out of nowhere in the middle of February, that allegedly has 5.5 billion wealth, is doing something abroad, their government will be pushing them to invest internally. Because that's where they need it right now. Mm. Good for thought. I think it's coming. I think being sports is coming. That's next. Being sports will be propped up by PIF. That's the next yeah. investment. In, that's the next investment in PI in being sports. If you ask me, they've already had talks. They're already interested in it. It's another reason why everything fell into place 
with the whole piracy issue and dropping certain things because they wanted their mm. people to watch Newcastle United on Bingham Sports, who had the rights for the region. The next thing is investment and a brotherhood and a closeness of the brotherhood between Qatar and Saudi, which is all theatre. It's all drama, like the previous stuff was as well. But I do wonder if somebody had the money to take seven billion outside of the country and invested elsewhere, he would be under extreme pressure from the government to invest it internally because this place is in Qatar right now needed. Yeah. And do you think do you think, Melly, that if, if Qatar don't go ahead, you know, which which I've got to say, I, th- I think without any there's no wind up here, I think the panel here all think that that the that the Glazers is just playing them. But is that your feelings? Am I United fan? Do you feel that it is? I it is my I mean, personal and, and feeling. I've spoken a couple like offline this week, and they were like good crack, and they're just like us. You know, you just you, you love us like we love ourselves. You love yourself. You love Man United. We love Newcastle. But they said they, you know, they, they, they like lads to go every week, and they said they said they like like you know they'll take Ratcliffe's beer, they'll take another company coming in. But what what you know these are lads who go go really do following Man United this year. The big thing is to get rid of the debt. They don't want a debt-ridden club. They don't want an American model, if you know what I mean, where where it's mortgaged. And what the, more than anything, they want the they want the Glazers out. You know, more than anything. Oh. Well, before they so were taken look- over, before they were taken over, they were debt-free. Yeah, yeah, Aye. yeah. That's that's the thing, you know. Like if you just take their dividends into play, it's, yeah. it's nearly six hundred. It's nearly six hundred million alone. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you know, and, it, it, and we, this is this is why. Leverage takeovers. That's the oh, thing. I don't know how it's been allowed. That's oh. the thing the Premier League and the football need to look at. Look at this. Look at this just burning area. Leverage takeover, get relegated, top of the championship, under sanctions, because the, the money doesn't add up. And, mm. and all of these leverage takeovers end up in one place disaster. And that's from the very top of the game to the very bottom of the game. And that's what you've been subjected to, which is wrong. Look, I, I, as a football fan, I stand and say it's utterly wrong. Right. It's not right. right, right. You I'm... shouldn't be able to take the assets from a club and load debt onto the club from those assets as part of your purchase strategy. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's absolutely yeah. ridiculous. I think, and I think you're, you're in a situation now where there's a handful of people around the world can buy you out of it. And I promise you right now, Sheikh Jassim is not one of them. Mm. Mally, I think Sergio Ratcliffe's probably the um, the better bet, but I go on, Steve. Sorry, mate. Just want your views on Scott McTominay. I mean, obviously, Newcastle mate, been heavily been heavily linked with him. I mean, it's um, you know, there's a split in Newcastle's fan base. Some think it's a, an improvement on Longstaff. Other people thinking, well, gone are the days of having our cast cast offs from you know teams, you know, uh, you know that we're competing with. I guess. What's your views and what's Man United fans' views on McTominay leaving? Ah, uh, you you took the words out of my mouth. I was actually going to ask you what you sport, but um, mate, he'd be a cracking signing. You know, like I don't know what Longstaff's a good player. You know, on his day, he I is a good player. At the end of the day, you know, they're all human. So you know, like if I put my carpet fitter on with somebody who isn't a very good carpet fitter, after a week, two weeks, three weeks, his performance drops, and it's it's the same with football. You know, like. Longstaff's now shown what he can do. McTominay, when he gets his chance, if, if he was playing 90 minutes week in, week out, what a player you'll be getting, man. Honestly, you've seen him against um, 
again, Spain through the week, that's confidence because he feels confident in the team at United. He's not like that because it, it's split fan base. You know, they think he's Fergie's love child and, you know, he should be never be getting a game. But I'm sure Adam would speak for all Man United fans when I say that. Adam, Adam, Adam think that, you know, I think he's a good player and he wears his heart on his sleeve. And that's what you don't get nowadays. People are turning up and they're just wanting 100 grand a week and they're not asked. Whereas Scott McTominay is, he's bothered, he plays for the badge. And they're the type of players you want in your team, hundred yeah, percent. It reminds me of it reminds me of the situation that Darren Fletcher was in at Man United, where mm -hmm. a lot of the fan base couldn't get behind him because he wasn't a superstar. He hadn't cost fifty million or whatever, and, yeah. and that lad grafted and grafted and justified his place in that team, and he became the first name on the sheet for for a number of managers. And I think that's we ended up thing with 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 uh, with McTominay. I think. I think he's, he has to work twice as hard, a bit like Longstaff with us. He has to work twice as hard to justify his place in the team. And and even though he's working twice as hard, sometimes he doesn't get the gratitude that he that he deserves. Aye. And it's the first name off the team sheet because he did because a certain manager might think, well, he didn't cost fifty million either, you know, and fall into the same mindset. At the cup final, the cup final, everyone I spoke to had the same opinion. They all wanted him to stay. They wanted McTominay to stay. I do like. I mean, um, like you say, when the players are coming through the ranks, just last season, half the Man United fan base wanted Rashford to sell the PSG. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. confidence again. You know, a little bit of confidence, and he's like, he's, he's, he's the base bollocks now in Old Trafford. So, you know, like, people are, are, are fickle, you know, like one minute they love them, one minute they're different. Yeah. But if you get Scott McTominay, rest assured, you're getting a player that will give you 100%. For every single minute that he plays for you. Mm. Interesting stuff. McTominay isn't coming here. Agent trying to do a deal, says John. So uh, we'll wait and see. Sean says, if the club thinks McTominay is the right player, then he's the right player. We've got great people at the club now. Amanda said it herself that we, can, uh, we can't afford duds with financial fair play. Trust the process. And as our resident Manchester United fan says, I'm a Stratford ender. McTominay is not good enough to start. He'll work hard, but, he's, but the quality is not there. Thanks, Az, for that. So, Melly, well, no, but you, know, you know what? You know what, mate? Like, it's the same with Casemiro. Everybody's blowing smoke up his butt. But he has bad days. He makes a lot of bad passes. But like you say, the the not out that because he does so much good. You know, I don't know, mate. A lot, a lot, of, a, lot of, um, a lot of stuff happens off the ball. And I'll, I don't know. I wouldn't like Scott to leave. But if you get him, you're getting a good player. Um, just quickly before you chuck us off, Steve. <laughs> Um, so Sunday, Sunday, I have got tickets for the weekend, but I'm in my pal's box. Um, so do you mind if I just give him a quick shout out? Go for it. It's Ear One Fire Stopping. Thanks very much, Martin. Good stuff. Enjoy and Melly's, Melly's Carpets, where can people find details about Melly's Carpets? We are based next door to Ashington and next door to Argos in Ashington. It's a three story building, carpets, sofas, beds, whatever you need. Good stuff, Melly. Uh, prediction for Sunday. You've said you think Newcastle might nick it. I will, but I could never ever back against my team, so I'm going to go on 2 1 Man United. Uh, I, thought you, I thought you'd finish off on a high for your own team. Melly, as always, <laughs> good to have you on there. Take care, pal. Thanks, lads. Thank you. Good to Take see care. you. Good to see you. See you later. See you, man.
Good Avamon, as always. Uh, and uh, yeah, giving Newcastle a bit of credit uh, for a change there. Okay, uh, I did miss a couple of things last week. I missed uh, I missed Elliot and I did miss um, Troll of the Week, so they are to come later on. Uh, but for now, uh, we're going to have the day I met. And I know some of you don't like the music, but tough, I'm not changing it. <laughs> Nice and simple this week. It's one from Dunnell, uh, who's in the chat tonight. Uh, uh, the day man. I met, he says, Nobby Solano. Uh, thanks very much, Dunnell. Good <laughs> photograph. Yeah, good nice good to see. And uh, many more events coming up uh, over the course of the next few months. And hopefully see you at them. <laughs> Okay, we're halfway through the show. Time to go and put the kettle on. Here's the ads. Big thanks to all our sponsors. Thanks to Skips and Bins, telephone 0800 25 Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website skipsandbins.com. Easy contract free and pay-as-you-go waste collection. Thanks to Mr. Vicky's Sources, handmade in Cumbria. And you can find them at mrvickys.co.uk. Email info at mrvickys.co.uk and place an order by phone on 01768 210102. Thanks to Frui Vita Getaways. Book your holidays or short breaks in the UK or around the world with them. Uh, let them find your happy place. ABTA and ATOL registered. You can contact them uh, by emailing fruivitagetaways at gmail.com. Call or text 0792-842-7895. And join their Facebook group at Frui Vita Getaways. Thanks to Media Arts for all the technical help and videos that they do. And thanks to qtechshop.co.uk, the makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Waltend, Newcastle. If you want to join the channel, click join and uh, you can see the various rates that you can pay to help support us. Uh, if you want to join uh, by subscribing, hit the subscribe button. That is free. Uh, hit the thumb up under the video uh, to help the algorithm. And click share to share to other social media platforms. Uh, if you do subscribe, we do give you a free car sticker. Uh, just email John at nufcmatters.com and he will post you one out. If you want to join the cult, which is a one-off payment of £25, uh, where you get a scarf, a pen, a cup, and uh, uh, entry into the monthly draw, then go to nufcmatters.com and look for the cult membership uh, or put your phone over this smart code. And uh, it will take you straight there. We are available as well as a podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean and the rest. And we do support the food bank on this channel. Uh, so if you want to make a virtual donation from anywhere in the world, go to nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk and put your money into the match day bucket. We've got some events coming up. Uh, first off in April, uh, April 3rd, 4th, 5th, 6th and 11th. Peter Beardsley Soccer School is back for ages 6 to 16 years. Uh, go to peterbeardsleysoccerschool.com for more information. An evening with John Anderson at the Time Out Surf Cafe, Tuesday the 18th of April. Uh, book your tickets direct from the venue. An evening with Frank Clark and John Gibson two nights later. 
uh, Thursday, the 20th of April at the Irish Centre. Uh, tickets from NUFCMatters.com. And evening with Nobby Solano at Laurels in Whitley Bay is May the 11th. Uh, so uh, contact the venue direct if you want to go uh, to that event. And we've got our NUFC Matters end of season party, uh, which is the 27th of May at 7 o'clock. Tickets are a tenner from NUFCMatters.com. And evening with Rob Lee at Louis Liquor Store at 1st of June. And uh, tickets direct from the venue. And then evening with Rob Lee, Lee Clark and John Beresford. Friday the 2nd of June at the Grand Hotel Gosforth, which is in aid of the Healand Tour charity. And you can get your tickets direct from them at the healandtour.org.uk website. Just click events. A little bit later in the year, an evening with Gavin Peacock, July the 10th. Uh, tickets from nufcmatters.com for that one. And if you like your boxing, a night of champions featuring Frank Bruno, Ricky Hatton, Nigel Benn and Joe Calzaghi. Uh, tickets for that one from goldstarpromotions.com. Okay, well, I've got the monthly draw for those of you who are £25 members. If you've paid your one-off fee, tonight is the night. And we've got a special prize uh, donated by qtechshop.co.uk. It is a Peter Beasley Soccer School track suit. So there you go. Uh, you'll be the first person to uh, have one of these. And an, a unique prize, that, from, uh, from John. So thank you for supplying that. And the winner is... Rachel, I think that is. So well done, Rachel. You have won a top well done, Rachel. John. Well done, you, uh, yeah. you are the lucky winner. And uh, our friends at uh, Football Prizes uh, have got another competition running until Wednesday. And that is the Anthony Gordon signed and framed Newcastle United shirt. Go to footballprizes.co.uk. Tickets are three ninety five. dollars uh, Those tickets will sell quickly, I can imagine. Uh, okay, Uh how big a, a, a set of fixtures is this, Mitch? Um, let's get on to the football side of things. Manchester United, we know we've got them at the weekend. Look at those games. West Ham, Brentford, Villa, Spurs, Everton, Southampton. Um, that doesn't fill me with fear, Mitch. This has got to be a big... Mm. big this is going to be a big month, isn't it? And this is a big week. Three games in a week. In a word, winnable. They're all winnable. Home or away. If you look at our form, if you look at how our, our back four performs, if you look at everything statistically, um, there's two things for me still uh, need to happen. Somebody genuinely will get an absolute thrashing off us this season. The performance since Christmas has been frustrating, but if you look at the um, the the data on XG, which is something I still struggle to get my head around sometimes, but it hasn't dropped that much. That means we're still making the chances. We just haven't been taking the chances. And that'll come right. And I'm convinced it will. The back four, for a back four going through a shaky period, they're not too bad. Are they? You know, um... And, and, and so, again, there, there's things there that won't happen again. But I, I cannot see Botman making many more mistakes. I can't see Pope making many more, more mistakes. And so, if we've got all of that out of our system, where are we going to go with it? And the, the only thing that is 
perhaps a little frustrating is we've got that run of three away games on the trot. Um, that doesn't happen very often. Um, and it's, it's circumstance, it is what it is. But I think we've shown this season home or away doesn't make that much difference. <laughs> In fact, I think we've played some of our better football. We spend this quietly away from home. Um, whether that's because there's been a bit more concentration, less distraction from crowd urge and people on. I mean, Daniel Pardew used to use that as an excuse loads because the crowd got too excited. Um, well, pardon us for getting a bit excited because we're winning the football game. You know, um, it, it, it fascinates us. I, I, I genuinely don't think we're a team that is too affected by playing away from home. So I think there's, there's other teams might look at a run of three games away from home and go, OK, we'll take point from that. Uh, we won't we won't be happy with a point from that. Um, all the games are winnable. And they're against sides who we've already proved will go more than toe-to-toe with this season. And so, um, yeah, it, it, the, the, this next five, six weeks is pretty definitive, I think, Um about where things are going to land and, and it's all in our own hands and for all a load of journalists don't like being told that we they want to ignore us and rule us out of all sorts of things um, it's all in our own hands and, and I can see we're getting a very nice haul of points from all of that just simply if we play at our strengths and do what we've been doing all season we don't have to do anything different. And we're not distracted by any other competitions now. Um, and and so, yeah, bring it on. I, I can't wait, to be honest with you. Keith? I think, I, think, um, I think we got through the toughest time. And, you know, they said we've... Somebody said we had like a 35-year test or somebody, I don't know, after the cup final. But Newcastle... Test, the big test was last week. Um, we played two teams, had the peckers up, um, fighting for the lives. And under any other manager, honestly, Steve, if we, Steve Bruce had put that side, I would have got battered. But there's, there's very, very few coaching squads would have got a win in the 88th minute or somewhere, 90th minute or whatever, like they did. <laughs> Wolves and Forest. They were just two great, great. Um, I don't know. That, that win against Forest away from home. When, when Anderson's goal was cancelled and the, the stand around the pitch, the fans, the Forest fans were going mental. I think they'd won the cup. They were like going ballistic as though this is their moment because a goal had been cancelled. And when you're away from home, the last 10 minutes, you think, shit, you know, we're up again it now. We're hanging on. But Newcastle, that goal and he hit the bar, they hit the post, but then the goal came and and that's that's mammoth for Newcastle. It's really they should have won. Newcastle should have won bigger against against Forest. You know, they, 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 they could have been out of sight. Um, but those two really hard games to win. So what's what's changed at Newcastle? Well, First of all, all the records have stopped. So we've lost all our unbeaten runs. You know, like haven't been beaten for so long, haven't conceded a goal for so long. Because Pope was, you know, not conceded for 
so many hundred minutes and all this. And all that's gone. But what happens in football is, yeah, you go. And when you look at that BBC column, you know, all them green boxes that top teams have, all of a sudden you get red in. So we've got a bit of Man City and we've got a bit of Liverpool and the two reds. And then you drew and drew. And we, we look like the draw But Seriously, when records go and you get through a blip like we have and you get six points in a week in two tough games and you fight till the end, I think the next thing you start setting records again. And I genuinely think Newcastle's going to um, come again in a run at the end of the season. I think we will start um, going on a run again. And I think that, I think Mitch is right. I don't think Pope, you know, he, God, in the whole season, he's been exceptional, but he, he might have made two gooks. He might have made two gooks. That just means he's human. That means he's got a pulse. But, but you know, like you forget that, you forget that one kid become of age against Forrest, Elliot Anson, became a man. He, he became the kid, the Georgie Maradona, that, that has been brilliant at uh, Bristol Rovers. So you just look at him and think, well, you know, that, that, that he's, he's somebody. I wouldn't be frightened to play against Man United. Now, a few weeks ago, I wouldn't have been, but I saw him come of age when he hit that volley at the start of the game. And then when he climbed and got the header, and it didn't stop him. And you think Murphy's grown, you know, better, but you know, don't underestimate the graft that Sean Longstaff does. You've got Joe Linton to come back. This is starting to get like a tough midfield again. And you know, I've seen a game at Newcastle I never thought I'd see. A midfielder, Bruno, Willock and Longstaff. And Willock and Longstaff were the best two. I mean, that's never happened. But we, we, what will come now is when you bring these players back in, where it was all kick, you know, Bruno, and you've stopped him, there's, there's more around midfield now. There's more around game. Isaac's come. Isaac's looking a proper handful. You know, Isaac's looking like like the man to start with. Um, you know, you've never heard, you never heard us say this before, but, you know, I'm going to be honest, mate. ESM, I'm, I've always been his biggest fan, but he didn't do enough for me. Somebody says he had an injury against Forrest, but he didn't look hungry enough in Forrest in that first 45 minutes to tell me that he's determined to get top four. So, so to me, Elliot Anderson did. And I'll be the first to say, start with Anderson for, for, for him because you've got to bring hunger back. You've got to bring hunger back through Wilson. You've got to, bring, you've got to get Isaac scoring and Wilson fighting to get back in. And when people do that, they come on and they just, they just lift all the games. I, I, Steve Ray says, yeah, I, I don't see anything wrong with them fixtures. I look at the fixtures and I think, West Ham, the, the, the poor... You know what I mean? Like, like Villa, the poor. Like we can beat all them. All it's a case of is doing what got us here. And and for me, you'll struggle to high press with Wilson and Maxi because they, they don't look fit enough or they don't look hungry enough to close the player down. But if you're playing, if you're playing the likes of Gordon, the likes of Isaac, um, the Longstaffs, the Willocks, they're putting a shift in. And and we start high pressing, beat anybody. We, we, we start doing what, what got us here. We can beat anyone and I think we'll start setting records again. I think we'll have a run in. I think we'll get more than 21 points and I think we'll get third. Happy 75th birthday to Richard Naylor. He says 75 years of age today. What a better way to, uh, to celebrate than to watch this programme. God uh, thank bless you. Very thank much. you God, very much. God, God bless you. Good to see Clubber Lang back in the chat as well. He's got two new dogs, so he's obviously been busy. They're called Rolex and Casio. They're watchdogs, oh. apparently. <laughs> oh, dear me. <laughs> oh. 
And uh, Club Aladdin. Yeah, you had to go out and buy a new lawnmower today. The old one just wasn't cutting it, apparently. So, uh, <laughs> All right. Busy day for Clubber. Good to have him back. Good, good to have him back in the chat. Uh, I think everybody will agree. Uh, George, uh, this running, it's exciting, isn't it? 12 games. It is. It enjoy. is. That's what Eddie Howe said. Um, he was asked, are you going to enjoy it? And he said, yeah. Good Abs- to enjoy absolutely. It. Me too, because uh, I'm, I'm like the other lads. I've got no fear that we could win these games. And that's the important thing. I, I think I've said to you all before about the Forest game. Some of the other things, other than uh, the final result, uh, um, really made me feel good. I'll go back to Elliot Anderson. He he showed what he is and, and come as Keith says, came of age. But like so many young players, and I've, I've seen it happening to people I've played with, they score a great goal and it gets disallowed for whatever reason. And it knocks the stuffing out of them that that's yeah. it, they're, fin- they're finished for 10 minutes. Well, Elliot wasn't. He just got up and got better. And that, that tells you a lot about the mental strength of the lad. So, like Keith, I wouldn't hesitate about starting him now. Um, the other thing is is the uh, Isaac's uh, ability as an athlete, as a, as, as a complete athlete, uh, scoring that, that volley. You see the way he twisted his body to get his foot on that ball. And not only get his foot on the ball, but to direct it in the far corner away from the goalkeeper. They're class things that uh, that we possess now and, and, and want to make use of them. So I've got no fear of, of these games that we should be able to take West Ham. He's absolutely right. They will collapse if they go down, one down. Um, and uh, Brentford are beatable, as are, as are the others as well. So no, I'm looking forward to it and got no fear that we should get a good return out of these away games and then come home and, and, and wallop Tottenham. I think Tottenham could be the team that feels the, uh, feels the uh, venom uh, at the end of that run, actually. So, so, no, I, I, I don't uh, got no fears at all. Steve, just quickly on the fixtures before we talk about that breaking news. Great fixtures, uh, great games to play. Um Newcastle's are there. The, the, you know the games are there for Newcastle to win. I think we're going to be on a. We, we, we can get back to winning ways. We showed that, and I, I think we can go on another run. Um, none of those games that you would turn around and say we should have any difficulty with. Um, and we're playing teams who are scrambling around at the bottom. But you know what? The way, as as the guys have said, the way we're playing away from home, uh, there's a there's a different sort of confidence um, among the squad and the way that they set themselves up. And the, the quieting the, the opposition fans down. Um, and I, I know Mitch's favourite word <coughs> might have something to do with that because of the way that we uh, we go about it. But uh, no, I've, I've got no worries. I'm, I'm looking forward to the next seven fixtures just like everybody else. Yeah, OK. Uh, win or lose, it's just brilliant to have a great tight squad of young mates and a happy football club. Two fingers to the haters. How are the lads? Says Nicholas well, from the felon. Uh, well Tony said. needs one booking and he'll miss our game for 10 yellow cards, which is good news. Congratulations to Jim, 33. He says, hey, all, I've had some good news today. Five years clear of cancer. So I was fully discharged today. Well, well, welcome to the club. Welcome to the Fantastic news, mate. Great news. Okay, the, uh, the, the headline there, which uh, I've, I've put up onto the screen, um, basically says that Newcastle have lost, uh, announced a £70 million loss in 21-22. That might be the headline, but there's actually quite a, an encouraging theme if you read the full thing online. 
Um, obviously, it's the end of year figures for that particular campaign. Uh, obviously, they received a bit of investment. They had to go out and spend money in the transfer market. It's an overall loss of 7.7 million. Uh, but um, if you look at the rising wages that they had to take on board, there has been a 40 million pound uh, turnover increase since the departure of Mike Ashley. Commercial revenue has gone up by nine million, uh, with the club making great strides to improve all facets of the business. So, you know, it may be a, a horrific headline that Mitch, in, in the grand scheme of things, people will be going seventy million pound. I thought we're the richest club in the world. That's the kind of thing that you'll get on Twitter tonight, I guess. But actually, if you read in between the lines, it's not a bad, not a bad set of accounts. That. And this is where you talk about FFP and what what PAF and the. Uh, the Rubens and PCP were left with in terms of commercial deals from Mike Ashley that yeah. have hamstrung the club from growth. And this is what we've been talking about. You've got to remember, it's not that long ago, and it's certainly within most people's memory, when our um, level was the same as Man City and Tottenham, and they've gone on and grown and grown and grown and grown and grown. And we didn't. We stood still. And if you stand still in football, you go backwards. And this is why when people were getting frustrated about, why don't you just pay the money? This is why it will hamstring us in terms of FFP. You're allowed to lose a certain amount over a three-year period. And if we'd just gone and paid the money, we could have screwed ourselves for the next two years. And this is why those commercial deals hamstring when we need to get out of them and we need to pick it up. And you know what? This is why an opportunity to get into the Champions League that little bit earlier is actually a good thing and why we should be pushing for it. But the way we can't push for it is by chucking money at it. Because if it doesn't happen, we're left, we're left with egg on my face. And we've got another four years to catch up. So the four-year plan becomes a seven- or eight-year plan. Whereas the way we are at the minute... We're still on a three, four year plan and we've got the bonus that we might actually get there a bit quicker. And so, um, yeah, it, 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 it's, it's never with these things about the absolute money, it's about the context. And you've got to put these things into context. And this is what I spend my time out here dealing with uh, investors in dentistry who are investors who understand money, but they don't understand dentistry. And you sit down with them and you go, well, they're not as bad as you might think, mate, because of X, Y, Z. And you might want to think about investing in this, this and this, because they'll pay you back in no time. Um, some people get it, some people don't. Same with football clubs. And, and as Todd Bowley shown at Chelsea, you can understand FFP, but not understand the culture of football and still put yourself in a ridiculous position. Thank God we have people understand everything from the 360 vision. Keith? I think um, best way to put this, if you've got a company that's worth six, five, six hundred billion and they've got a division like Newcastle that's governed by regulation like FFP and like an EPL and like a cartel that's watching every move you do, what numbers they put on paper when you've got that kind of wealth and back end? Uh, are relevant because it's relevant how we perform on FFP, but it's, it, it, I wouldn't read too much into it. And the reason being is there'll be a lot of healthy things behind that. Like if you compare Steve Bruce's squad 
and the, you know the, the five that's playing or five or six that's playing that that how inherited plus the, the what he's brought in. But if he was shown just a seventy million loss on the players that came at that time, um, on a very very poorly advertised club, this is probably the worst set of figures you'll see for a long time, unless masses of money are put into recruitment. But PIF and the new owners will put will make them figures what they want. The wealth is so great that they, probably probably this year you're talking about is the one year where they're strapped with what sponsorship deals are done. So no 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 lucid uh, multi-billion pound company would ever want a deal like the Castori one. The, the, the money that brings in is horrendous in terms of what they get. The full 88 deal is not super profitable either. So what they're doing is they're doing a set of figures which are hindered bypass deals but this will all change and, and they will they will make sure that the figures that come out next year the year after the year after comply with what they need to comply with and grow the club the way they want to and the funds are so great that that I don't want to be blasé and say it's irrelevant what they put down as, as figures but um, but I've worked for multi-billionaires before and they, they you know I've worked, worked where they've given divisions and said, right, we want you to show a loss this year. And we want you to show a big loss for this reason. And and that's the same in Newcastle. Newcastle are here for a purpose. They're for a purpose to get to the top and to compete with the best. And they'll have to show figures that allows them to do that. So none the least bit worried. You know, when I say them figures, I just think they'll be what they'll be. And next year's they'll be they'll make them exactly what they want them to be. There'll be there'll be sponsorship deals brought in for things you didn't even think got sponsored, which will change next year's figures, and that's that's how you've just got the trust in those who are doing what they're doing. These guys are taking this right to the top. What what concerns me more on big news that breaks isn't Newcastle's figures. It's things like a, a credible guy saying now that we we've really close to doing a deal for Kefram Thurum. Uh, that will definitely happen in the summer. That excites us because that's a position we need to go to. See, the other, other report that's just come through while I've been on there that Everton might get a points deduction this season. And they think that the Everton, wow. case, they think the Everton case and investigation will be wrapped up within two months. So so that's, that's to me, like more relevant because you're thinking, shit, I, didn't, I thought Everton's would be a two or three year run. And I thought Man City's would be another four or five year. But maybe, maybe they get that together. But the good thing is, Remember the Saudis, Neil will tell you, come through the front door, go through, go out through the front door, and, and everything they do will be done right. And if they've got restrictions, you can only restrict so much. You, you, you can't you can't restrict Newcastle having a thousand sponsors because they can they can sponsor grass if they want, they can sponsor the nets if they want. You do so you'll never stop this thing growing, and that's what the press needed to understand. You're not, you know. You try stopping it. Try, try, try get, getting a chihuahua to stop a steamroller. It won't happen, and that's what's happening. They're just yapping on in front of the steamroller, but it's coming. And and and, and the figures are important, but but they're not. If you know what I mean, Newcastle will make them figures what they've got to be legitimately. Yep, George. Uh, well, sorry. I was always taught not to read the headline, to read the story. But uh, you know, when you get into the depths of that, it's uh, it's right. and what the lads are saying. You know, next year's set of accounts is going to go. It's going to look a lot different. And I would imagine this the year after that will look even better. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you if you it, the word I'm would put it the equation is managed. Yeah. The, there's debt and there's managed debt. Yeah. 
and that's managed debt as far as I'm concerned. And that's so that doesn't bother doesn't worry me too much. I'd rather it was it was different. But then they're, they're new to the game that as Keith said that we're and Neil said they pick them up from the bottom that where Ashley left with mm. where, where revenue account just virtually nothing compared to what it used to be. Um now they're putting that right, and to get there, they're having to manage how they do it. And so the word as I say, the word I'd put into that is it's managed, it's managed debt, they're in control of it. It's not running away. It's not like next year they're going to announce, like Manchester United did yesterday, that suddenly what what half a billion, more than half a billion in debt. I mean, I know which I'd prefer. <laughs> um, no, it's managed so I can I, I, I can understand it and I can cope with it. And you're right. You're right as well, Steve. Look beyond the headline. It's 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 yeah. how those figures are made up, uh, what's in them, and 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 where they've come from. Uh, and I think the word I go back there was it's managed. Steve, hundred hundred million pound was spent on players to safeguard and secure our Premier League status that particular season. That's the yeah. first figure that you have to think about. Why was it done? Because it's very important for Newcastle United to be in the Premier League. You also look at the fact that the uh, the, the salaries of the club because of those new signings. And then the quality that were brought in, the salary level went up from 93 to 149 million pounds. So there's 56 million pound more in salaries being paid out. And the turnover of the club in terms of commercial activity, um, and it went up from 140, 180 million. So the club's on the right trajectory, and that's mm-hmm. part of the plan, as the lads have already said. So right. you, look, you look at just those three figures alone, and you go, we're making more money. We've spent and invested more money in quality footballers and we're playing those quality footballers a bit more in, in terms of, of where the club needs to be. We keep crying out and we keep saying we've got to buy quality, we've got to do this, we've got to do that, the club's got to grow. It has to grow on all levels, it has to grow on, on the on the quality of player, which means we've got to, it's going to have to grow in the amount of money that they're going to pay those players and it means the commercial team have got to work their socks off to make sure that we're bringing the money in to be able to afford it. At the moment, the club's run at a loss. And as you've, as you've said, Steve, you look at the figures, but you look below the headline and you look at what's truly happening in the football club. We're not a billion pound in debt, according to those figures. We're, we're 70 million. Man United, their figures showed that they were they were a billion pound in the red. So, and, that, and that's no coincidence that it's in the red, by the way, with our red shirts. But that's, that's, that's the way it is, guys. You know, don't worry about it. It's... At the end of the day, we want a successful football team. It's not our money. We don't need to fret and get ourselves concerned because we had this under Ashley where we all became club accountants and we all started looking at the money because that's the mindset he got we're into. You know, how many fans out there started to, to, to delve into the club accounts and see what's gone, where's the money gone, what's he spending on? We became all wrapped up in the fact he wasn't spending money Let's just chill and just let we get on with it. And remember, these are the these are the figures up to twenty twenty two, middle of last season or the end of last season. We've we're all we're always a year behind. So you know, don't worry about it. It's not. It doesn't equate to where the club is today. It's where the club was, you know, months and months and a year and a bit ago. 
Yep, so, in the words of the song, don't worry about a thing. Every little thing is going to be all right. Little, can Another I tell song, little, don't worry, story? be happy. <laughs> I, got, I, I was talking to my mate who, 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 who lives down there, son of the day. His little kid was stood there today and he said to his mum, he says, Mum, I hate being a son supporter. He says, can I not be a Newcastle supporter? So she she, she went today and she says, right, you'll go to bed tonight. She says, you'll just pray like hell. Pray to Jesus. And he says, you'll be a Newcastle supporter when you wake up in the morning. And the young one's gone to bed. He's been praying all night. It's in the morning when he wakes up. He's going to wake up. He's still going to be a little mock. And his mum will slap around the head and say, April fool, you little mock of shit. No. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> 25 minutes to go. Big thanks to John from QTech. who always runs his quiz. Um, and uh, if you remember, the, uh, the, the first picture that we got from John was this one. Uh, five foot, ten inches. The second one was Burry. <laughs> Uh, this week's is three NUFC goals. So we'll have one more next Dying, week. Dying we'll to one... give you the answer to that one. We'll have one mind. more next <laughs> week. Uh, you'll have to get the answer in the chat and the first person that John picks out will be the winner. Now, I promised you I wouldn't forget stuff this week. Uh, so here is Elliot. Having regained consciousness after a car accident at the doctor, uh, the doctor is trying to convince, uh, convince me that I'm actually a Swedish guy and I've lost my memory. Does he think I was born yesterday? Oh, dear. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes, Elliot, yes, that was a good one. Very good. Uh, okay, it's time to make Keith laugh. People are running out of dogs this week. Certainly running out of dogs. Uh, this was a, a one that I got on Instagram. Um, it was a, a poor start, I thought. Uh, doesn't look anything like Steve Hasty. I'm going to back me mate up here um, and, and, and say it doesn't look anything like him. Tom McFall came in with this one. He's going uh, as Mr. Hasty to a fancy dress party. Keith's doing very well, trying to keep that laughing at this moment in time. This was from Rita. Uh, no apology this week. Yeah, well, I'm right. <laughs> It's a hat trick for Rita. Yeah. Uh, the doll got a, a bit of a mauling. Northumbrian Graham says, has, has Hasty just had a bodged facelift? Right. <laughs> Someone's damaged the doll after buying it, by the way. I knew the Roy Hodgson uh, appointment would uh, would get the treatment of Alva. I see he's I was waiting for that. <laughs> and this one again, Instagram. Uh, thanks for that. This one was from Jersey Mag. Just a hamster. <laughs> Animal cruelty. This. You walk hasty. Yeah. Yeah. Animal. RSPCA uh, <laughs> should look at this program. Yeah. Aye. Uh, Muppet hasty. Look a leggy. That's a brilliant. Yeah, man, Jesus Christ, oh, I don't, who on earth does that to a dog? Well, uh, new romance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you've got to admit that dog looks like yesterday. The way its hair's locked. What do you mean? What do you mean? Oh, man, that dog does like, oh, yeah, man. Yeah, man. Not you as need, much, not you as need much your eyes. Do you? Not as much as this guy. 
Yeah, I can see yeah. that. Very yeah. good. Yeah, see that. Uh, Milburn, Steve Hasty having a nice day at the spa and a Hikado monk. <laughs> <laughs> Terry was Terry was back. Tins he says, I think I'll have a stab at C. Uh, got the hasty in the bottom left there. Dog in the <laughs> You can see the words he's actually going to put up. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of effort went into that. Please uh, don't make it. What else better to do, Terry? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Andrew. Get <laughs> 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 a life, Andrew. <laughs> this one's from Chippers. She made a reason to go for a walk. No, no, no. Quick note else from him. <laughs> and... Barry said, you know, uh, who just about he had a postman up on the door with his bottle and the hairdryer was on. No, he didn't, Barry. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Uh, this one. Steve out in the snow. Steve, I mean, he's a likeness. I mean, he does look like you, man. And just watching the darts on Channel 5 and guess who's there? Steve, <laughs> Steve. Steve deny you don't look like her. Keith, it only looks like is when the snow pulls me face on it, man. Uh, hasty after yet another poor VAR yeah. decision against the tune. <laughs> <laughs> when, when the uh, superimposed me face on it, that's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Even Kennedy, meanwhile, at Pippin Fort, the soldiers have had the results of their DNA tests and guess who the father is? <laughs> Mr. Hasty. <laughs> <laughs> I think Steve's been getting a job on Amazon. Sean, that's the same picture. It's not and a lookalike. We'll start now with a couple of real ones. Uh, this one from uh, Tom Dixon. More like uh, Hasty. Yeah. yeah there's, there's a couple. No, that's not Hasty. Um, we've got a couple. This was a good one. Couldn't help think it's a spit of Tony Blair. Oh, God, Horrible. Yeah, but definitely, uh, definitely a likeness there. This is another one from Tom. We've had oh. that one before, I think. Yeah, it's in the eyes. It is in the eyes. Uh, this one from Tom as well. Scott Tracy from Thunderbirds and Mark Noble. <laughs> Similar I uniform, think, mate. Similar I uniform. Think Mitch, I think Mitchell win tonight. Uh, Andrew I had this I had this down as me and Keith. Right, said Fred. Oh my Aye. god. Yeah, we can. Well, I'll take that. I'll go with that. Aye, Too I'll sexy, aren't we? It's better than a dog. Rob. You've heard of spot the ball. This is spot the nut. Uh, Albert putting Keith Patterson in there. <laughs> and then he decided to uh, say, meanwhile, down at the ball and Ali, someone's mistaken Keith's head for the ball. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Albert. <laughs> uh, Rita, Warwick Davies and Craig Bellamy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very good. And another one from Rita. Um, yeah, that's pretty good as well. Oh, right. Guy from Deliverance, I and Biden. Yeah, very yeah. good. Bring uh, the dogs on, Andrew. A young hasty making his top of the pops debut, and Mister Penman. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Yeah, Steve, you can take that one, can't you? That's a nice. I'll one. accept that one. Oh, that's fair nice. <laughs> and from Rita again, Harry H. Corbett and Jim. Yeah, <laughs> not bad, not bad. Jim Deal, Christina Applegate, and War Mandy. Ah, really nice. 
Very good, mate. Very good. Really good. Don't often see you in these, Mike. So uh, thanks for that, mate. That was good. Mitch and Kevin Painter, the dots. <laughs> Michael Jones. He doesn't look happy with that leg, does he? He's He's just heard. Um, this one again from Tom, the first Concord pilot, and Gary McAllister. That's wow. good, lad. It's good. Tom. That is good. Always seem to get one of these. Yeah. Dave Mortlock and Mr. Headlock. Top three. <laughs> Gibbo's in at number three. Oh, from Stephen Kennedy. <laughs> That's quality. That's excellent, that, isn't it? Number two, Ina Sharples and Elton John from Rocky Toon. God, yeah, right, that. That's good. Number one. That's fantastic. Cody Dentist and Paul Ross from Talk Sport. That's quality, yeah. that. I had, that is... I had to look to see which one was Mitch, honestly. Excellent, that. Uh, keep them coming in. Send them to us. Uh, make sure there's a few more dogs. We're a few. We're a few short this week. No, you uh, weren't. <laughs> Oh, and Newcastle United take on Manchester United this weekend, half past four on Sunday live on Sky. Uh, Andre um, is our tune shadow. He's in the tune this weekend. We're going to see him tonight and I'm going to see him tomorrow night. Um, We're looking forward to catching up with him. But for now, this is what he's got to say about the game. Hello amigos, I'm at the familiar place. We're playing Man United on Sunday and I'm here with a big gang of Bulgarian guys who are here for the game, there are 25 of us. What are the stats saying for Sunday? Actually, we are unbeaten against Man United in our last two league games. We drew last season 1-1 at St. James's Park and we drew new new at Old Trafford. However, we are winless against Man United since that game in 2019 in October when I was lucky enough to be at the stadium when Matty Longstaff scored. Since then, we have drawn the two games that I mentioned and we have lost five, including, of course, the Carabao final painful loss last month. Now, the other stats. Marcus Rashford has scored nine winning goals this season, the most of any player. Man United have won 14 away games at St. James's Park, their best record at an away uh, venue this season. However, they haven't scored in their last two away games, and the last time that they didn't score in three consecutive away games was back in February 2009. At the same time, Newcastle, as I mentioned, are undefeated in the last two games against Man United. Last time we went three against them without a defeat was back in January 2012 when we famously won 3-0 with famous goals by Demba Bay and Yuan Kabay and that own goal by Phil Jones. So, away the lads. See you all on Sunday and uh, hopefully the Bulgarians will bring some good luck to the team. Next up, thanks Andre, Tune Tipster. Evening all, Tipster here, back after a fortnight of keeping everything crossed that Sweden didn't manage to knack Alexander Izak. 
or that Richard Masters didn't actually answer a question about anything ever. Thankfully, the Premier League's back with the most important game of the weekend coming at the MBS Saudi Airlines new Megadome on Sunday, where we face our beloved Manchester, please can somebody come and buy our debt off us, rents. I'm hoping that the best their fans can head back to London with is seeing that Middle Eastern ownership can actually be a good thing, despite crying for four years over hours. At least they can use the free scarves to dry their eyes with, I suppose. No matter what, there is money to be made on any result this weekend. Newcastle coming in as favourites to win the game at 11-8. to The draw is well fancied at 12-5. to And Manchester's second team are 19-10. to Goals are well fancied, with odds of just under evens for both teams to score and for over 2.5 goals in the game. 1-0 Newcastle, 17-2, 2-0, 12-1, and the penman is 20-1. And I think they do another 5 now mashing with Sven Botman just sailing the ball over Digger's head in injury time. If you think that's going to happen, it's 150-1. to 0-0, 11-1, which shows how much goals are actually fancied in the game. Ones each, 11-2, one 9-1, and 0-2, 14-1. Isaac, who in my opinion must play from now on, is a decent evens to score at any time in the game. Anthony Gordon and Alanson Maximan come in at 9-2, and it's 9-1 for Joe Willock to get what he actually deserves. Marcus Rashford, of course, is favourites to score for the Manchester Reds, followed by a load of overpaid, self-indulgent, moaning gimps who I can't even be bothered talking about. I'm actually looking at Big Dan Byrne at 18-1 for some value in the game. In the wider world, William Hill are offering evens with a maximum bet of £10 for over one goal to be scored in the City-Liverpool game tomorrow if you fancy a free pint on Will Hill. If you follow Tipster's other service via Twitter, DM for details, you'll know that there have been some great wins lately. So my advice for those who like a bet on the football is look out for goals, especially in the Bundesliga tomorrow. Super 6 Manager of the Month for March is Rowan Bauer with a great 61 points. So well done, Rowan, and Johnny will be in touch. Jack Railton remains top of the league, keeping it there. Uh, so good luck, Jack. It's getting to the business end now, so keep it going, son. Anyway, that's it from me. Take it easy, folks, and please only bet what you can afford. Might see you soon. Tipster. Thank you, mate. Thanks, Great to see Joe. you. And thanks to Andre as well. So, uh, 10 minutes to go, Mitch. Uh, we'll come to you last because I'm sure you'll have the dice. Steve, we'll come to you first. Yeah. Your take on this game and what your prediction is, please. Always, always, a, always a fixture that, uh, that, uh, that excites you, I think. You know, Manchester United coming to, to St. James's Park because I mean, they do play good football no matter, you know, what people say. Um I did a little article for a new newspaper in Saudi Arabia actually yeah, this week where I was asked some salient points and I point out I, I have I think the similarities between the where we were after the charity shield and 
the game that we played, which was obviously the famous 5-0 win, and the fact that we lost the cup final just so recently. And I think, you know, the players were smart and then, and I think the players will be smarting this time. So I think that, that, that that's a positive. And if Newcastle United really do have ambitions for to be playing uh, and moving the club forward um, off the field as well as on the field, then this is the, this is the game, and this is this is the, the the type of game that you've got to win, and you can win it convincingly if you put your heart and soul into it. Um, and I, I I think that that we we are a, we're a tight ship, and if ever there was a time when after you know the the way that we've got, I think we have turned the corner after our World Cup Blues, um, which is the way it did. At the start of the World Cup, we all thought, and certainly I did, I thought Newcastle United were, were going to benefit from the break, but we didn't actually benefit from the break. It, it kind of caused us to stall a little bit. Um, but the last two results have, have really shown that we're hopefully back on that uh, winning trail. And I can see us going on, especially when you put those fixtures up earlier, uh, going on on a, on a nice run like the run we had at the start of the season. So exciting, excited. Um, and I'm, I, I think that... Uh, that we're going to win, and I think we actually could win quite convincingly because when Man United, when Man United capitulate, they really do capitulate. And uh, as our Manchester supporting friend said earlier, um, he feels as though that we might have the edge on them tomorrow on on Sunday. So I'm going to go for a three nil win. Brilliant, well done, okay, son. George. Oh, I, I'm uh, very positive about this weekend. I only wish I was able to go. Um, yeah. But I'll be, I'll be, I'll be watching it and uh, uh, positive because of all the good things I've seen, as I've already said about last uh, week's uh, result at Nottingham Forest. I mean, there wasn't just the things I've talked about on the field. There was Trippier's kid and the goalkeeper about the penalty, which I thought was real uh, uh, kidology. That uh, I mean, how that must have messed with the goalkeeper's head. Because all week that goalkeeper would be looking at penalties and one of the people he'd be looking at would be Trippier. Trippier, Trippier, Trippier. And there he is walking around with a ball. So the goalkeeper thinking, oh, it's going to be Trippier. And his heart must have sunk when uh, Isaac put the ball down and blasted it past him because he didn't even bloody move. <clears throat> all positive signs that were back to our best, that were, that were really giving it a go. And positive enough for me, like Steve, to think that we're roundabout where we should be to get something really positive against them. And I look forward to seeing their Bruno doing what he did at Liverpool when they were went five nil down. He was begging with his hand in the air to come off to be substituted. <clears throat> what sort of a professional is that? Well our Bruno is going to show you bunny lad next this weekend. I'm convinced of it. And I'm going to even more bullish than Steve and go four nil. Get in George oh, lad. quality. Absolutely quality. Go on then, uh, Keith. Well, something that I've noticed on this show is when you get good predictions, you get no recognition. And uh, nobody's pointed out that when we played Wolves, a certain bloke on the panel said, 2-1 Newcastle. Then yeah. we played last week against Forest, <laughs> and the bloke said, 2-1 Newcastle. So yeah. I'd just like to point out that I've been right two weeks consecutively, um, and I've had no recognition, so I do feel hopeful. Well done, Keith. All right, yeah. <laughs> that's the is, is it tomorrow? A 27th game or something? Steve, is it, Steve? If you could only, if we could only motivate your panel as well as you, mate, would be laughing. <laughs> but uh, but uh, it's great that you, Steve and George, here 3 0 and 4 0, and 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 you know, like you, you're both right. This team 
has the capability to kill somebody off, you know, like like in the days that you know the old Flip Albert five nil. For me, there's two things I hope. I hope that we don't get caught out like we did against Man United in the cup and Man United in, in against we did in the league against Liverpool. And and when I say that, I just think we're on top. We looked like the team who was in command, and then we sort of lost something. And then it was in both games, it was two goals in a crack by that snap. Of con- but both of them were balls over the top. You know, they were bought. And Neil said tonight, he says, you know, I don't see uh, Botman making them kind of errors. But it's like, it's like if Rashford plays or not, the game shouldn't be won in that area. The game should be won in the middle and somebody should control it. And we should be pressing them and pressing the life out of them. So they haven't got the kind of... Look at those two games. Replay the Liverpool Man United games. We should have won them. We should we should have, you know. And, and when, yeah. Liverpool, when Liverpool yeah. couldn't beat us with ten men, you know they just they just hung on to what they had. It just sickens you. You look and you think, God, if we hadn't got beat of Liverpool at home and then got and, and the cup final, you'd, you'd just be absolutely bursting at the minute. So I just hope Newcastle do two things. I hope they recognise that when you're on top. The, the, you know, a ball over the top is, is our Achilles heel. And the other thing I hope is I hope that they start a team that can press. Um, and, and, and I don't see Wilson's fitness at the minute playing a pressing game. I think he's a good finisher, but I don't think he can play a pressing game. I don't, I don't his legs are playing a pressing game. I also don't think Maxi has got the mindset to play a pressing game either. So I just hope we go out tomorrow with, with I, hope we, I hope we go out starting. You know, having, having Wilson and Maxi on the bench, as much as I think they've, they've been awesome, how much I love the two of them, we need we need eleven workers out there tomorrow. And if we do that, be aware of the counter attack. But even though I said all that, two one again, I'm going for a hat trick of two ones because if we can beat Wolves, Forest, and Man United two one, I'll be that much man in St James's on Sunday. I'm buzzing, absolutely bursting the gut to get in that ground and just just take it in because. You used to on the bottom, right? You bang on right. It could be a three nil, a four nil, or a five nil. But I take two one tomorrow and come home on Sunday and come home as happy as a pig and shit. Yeah, I'm going two one as well. Uh, over to you, Mitch. Oh, you're on mute, mate. Ah, oh, he's hellish to his voice. We've got a got a point to prove, and that makes it dangerous in my mind. And um, we're going to this game. We have nothing to lose. No. So let's give them our very best. And I'm damn sure we will. What's the so, dice say? Dice says. <laughs> oh, blamey. 3 0. 3 0. Go on, Mr. Hasty lad. A bit of psychic uh, phenomena going on there. Excellent. All right, says 3 0. And uh, I promised I wouldn't forget. Here's Troll of the Week, Julie. Sporting minute, thank you. The referee is quickly moving about uh, above Steve Wraith on the list of worst boards. <laughs> oh, dear me. Thank you, mate. Thanks. Thanks very much. Uh, Mitch did send us that, actually. And um, 
<laughs> I didn't need to block him. He was already blocked. Uh, so, <laughs> but thanks for sending us that. Great show, chaps. Thanks to Steve. Thanks to George. Thanks to Keith. Thanks Thank to Mitch. You. Thanks to Andre. Thanks Thank to you. Joe. And thanks also uh, to Melly for popping on and being such a good sport as usual. Uh, I am back 10 o'clock in the morning. Pre-recorded show with Ben Jacobs. And then George and I, those were the days, is on Sunday at 10 o'clock. So I've got a weekend off. Enjoy the game. See you with the fans forum on Monday. Take care, guys. Good night. Cheers, lads. Good Take care. You. Have a good, good one. Bye. You.